Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. So I think what we're all saying is, is congrats to City. Well done. Um, well done. Yeah, well done, guys. Perhaps a great side. I did put a tweet about this the other day. I don't know if you guys saw it as a, a sort of poll. Whose is better? I think a trebles? lot of people saw your tweet, Matt. Thank you. Whose treble is better? United's, City's. What was the... split with this? Who's Depends how you want it. United's 99. Well, exactly. This is why I quite like it. Because, because personally, for me... If you're talking from it from a purely entertainment point of view, United is better because of the way they won the Champions League. Premier League, I think, went to the final day, if memory serves me right. They went, yeah, they went one down at home to Spurs on the final they did day. Spurs. Epic Cup was a and bit Arsenal of a false conclusion. Yeah. Um, whereas City's, from a purely domination point of view, they won the league, but it was eight points. Epic Cup never really got challenged on the way, probably maybe the final. Um, and again, you got the feeling on Saturday that. The occasion got to them a little bit, but they were still not comfortable by a stretch, but they still deserved it over the what, 95 minutes, whatever it was. Whereas United's always came with more trepidation, which then made the overall outcome more exciting. And I think it's only took until the um, the City Parade yesterday to really, for me to really see that they've actually got some characters in that team. Like Obviously, we all know that Grealish is a bit of a character and stuff like that. But you're seeing you're not, you're not seeing the robotic trained media players sometimes in these um, parades, and I was seeing like De Bruyne having a good laugh, and somebody else with a bucket hat on, somebody nearly shot someone else's head off with a pyro gun, and you think, crikey! But like you had some, you know, you're seeing a bit more of a human side from from the parade, and I was sort of I took to them a little bit more after watching the parade, and I don't know why. I was thinking, go on, go on, Grealish, get levered for five days, you know. And then I sort of took to that, and I thought, ah, he is a human, do you know? But, yeah, sorry, I just wanted to sneak that one in, yeah. But, but that's, I suppose that's ultimately the difference between someone like Ferguson and someone like a Guardiola, whereas Ferguson would be, and the stories are that he was always in control, he knew everything about each player. You get the feeling that Pep is, is still as good of a, much of a man manager, but is not sort of the authoritarian type manager. He's, if they if they mess up, people tell him about it, he will, he will you know, he always has control, but it's, it's built more on a bit more mutual respect rather than sort of the godfather element that Ferguson had, I think. Um, I think tactically, Pep is a better manager, um, as he has proven by going through the leagues, whereas Ferguson was very good at the management side of things as well, but also had full control over what happened at the football club. Um, whereas Pep is, yeah, different type of manager. It's, it's difficult to compare and contrast. Personally for me, if you're looking purely from a... How do I word this? without offending some United fans. From a purely level of quality point of view, I do think Cities is a better treble. But I think if you're pure, coming out from a, what was more exciting over the whole season, I would say United was. Because again, of how they won 
definitely two of the trophies. But I'm happy to be told otherwise. I put out the tweet the other day. Just thought I'd see if I could cause some arguments. What was the and result did... in that, Matt? What what was the percentage win and what have you? Uh, United won it. It was only 49 votes. Oh. United did come... Uh, was it 64 something it came on the end? I don't know. Something yeah. like that. I mean, it's... It, it, I mean, obviously, I look back on 1999 with... They had they did have some great players. Peter Schmeichel, one of the best goalkeepers ever, in my opinion. One of. Maybe not the best, but he's definitely in my top five to ten, whatever. Uh, Dennis Irwin, obviously, absolute... No, nothing getting past Dennis Irwin. Yep, Stan was an animal. Roy Keane was an animal. You know, um, obviously you had Giggs Beckham. There, there was a lot. There was a lot of good in there. Obviously, the key one was with Fergie. He had four good strikers and keeping them all happy. Really, Yorkie, Cole, Schmeichel, uh, not Schmeichel, Solskjaer, sorry, and Terring Sheringham. So that was a good Terringham. Terringham, <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, he kept those four happy for a, a certain period of time. Um, modern day, can you keep four good strikers all happy? I'm not sure. Possibly. I mean, having four elite strikers, sorry, in like your squad was unheard of at that time because the, the maybe yeah at the time around, at the time at the time. But I think as well though the way that team set up as United were very and a lot of teams very four four two, so you knew two of those four strikers were starting anyway and playing most games. Whereas now we only tend to play with one centre forward. Maybe a, a you know somebody playing off in that what's called now the number ten role. Um, so I guess the way that squads are made up these days, obviously they're a lot bigger these days anyway. Um, but the way that teams are set up as well on the pitch is different. So the idea of having four world class strikers when you only need one up front is probably not not something you're going to find as much now. Obviously, the idea of course with City is that we've got Erling Haaland. We've got Julian Alvarez, who's quite happy to learn off Holland, who's a little bit younger, but he still gets lots of minutes. Um, and from then on in, he's won the Copa Champions League this year. Has literally completed football. He's won the Copa Libertadores. He's won the. Yeah. He's completed. He's completed football already. It's it's ridiculous. Um, so is Emerson Palmieri, but let's not get we'll get into that one a bit later on. Um, but I think if you're going to compare the treble sides, I think it's really difficult to do. Not least because I think we would. I would say that we're about. I mean. Maybe the right sort of age. I don't know about yourself, Matt, or indeed Dak. Um, so be able to remember both quite vividly. Obviously, this city team, of course, you know, unless you've got you know something really matter with it. Um, but as well, because I'd have been what eight, nine when you know in the treble. Do we look back? And this is going to go into a deep point. Do we look back at childhood things with more nostalgia? Are we then going to look back at another twenty years? I think there's a bit of that going on. We we do. Oh, we're gonna look back at this. It's... Oh, we're gonna look back at the city team in twenty years' time and go, bloody hell, wow, wasn't that amazing? Because we it was twenty will. years of thirties. We'll look back on apathy. Or we're gonna look back and go, and we, are we still gonna look back and go, oh well, that was bound to happen, you know? Because I think a lot of people at the time were United fans. Were like, well, of course we're gonna win the last minute. For fuck's sake, the, the United they always win in the last minute. You know, United fans are buzzing. But I remember a lot, a lot of Liverpool fans were. Fucking fuming, you know. And we'll I was going to say, course, is, it, is it more a case of this City side aren't as disliked as much as that United side was because of oh, the way that they would go about winning games? Oh yeah, which must I mean, think because people that, put out. I remember that. Oh, I, I yeah, disliked my United. Yeah, yeah. I mean, classic revisionism when you say, "Oh, always complaining about City." I don't remember United being this like dislike of the Ferguson. I'm like, 
you weren't there. They were hated by every other club in the country. Literally every single club, no matter who you supported, of the other 92 or whatever clubs that exist, you hated that team because they just found a way. Even when they were shit, they just won. And you hated it. And, you know, the fact that even United fans have a flag were not arrogant, just better and stuff like that. And it was just, they would they would get on your tits so much. Um, whereas the City side, again, you know, I don't think they're that hated. I think that the, because Manchester City are not a club that traditionally have been hated, apart from by United fans, obviously, going back down the years. They've been everyone's second team for a while. Um, you know, little city, shitty city, oh, you know, aren't they? They're the other team Manchester, they don't really do much. They're just kind of in the top division, milling around mid-table. I think unless you're like a direct rather like a Liverpool now or, a, you know, a, a Chelsea or an Arsenal, and that's my Chelsea this year, you you dislike them as a competitive rival, but no one, I don't think anyone apart from United There's, really there's not a lot to hate about them. There's not a lot that's, they're, they're not a, club, a dislikable not... bunch. No, they're just kind of, they're just kind of there. They just go win it all. And you're like, okay, fair enough. So they're good. And maybe time will change. But, but I think that will also it's... come depending on. And this has happened fairly recently. I think there's been some City fans complaining about this. The bigger that they're starting to get, they're attracting what you would now call the day trippers. They're attracting the yeah. And I hate to say this, but the foreign fans to come over who make a day of it, who put it as part of their holiday. And you can see that starting to get on their tits because oh, yeah. they're losing a little bit of their identity, which has always been, yes, That's... we've been backed by et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we've still got this, you know, we were in League One, et cetera, you know, yeah. there's all these different but things. We're still, still the core, we're still the same core Manchester club. We're still that same club. Yeah. We're just better exactly. now than we were. Exactly. We're still, we're fair, still typical no. city, but we, we actually win stuff now rather than being typical exactly. little city, exactly. you know, or whatever. Whereas the difference now is going to be, and especially this is going to be accelerated again by winning the Champions League, you are going to get a lot of younger fans latching themselves onto Man City yeah. because they are the current hip team to sound like I'm 86, but you know what I'm going to say. That. They're the, yeah, exactly. They are the team that everyone wants to be at the moment. They're the team that, you know, they want to match that level of quality they've got. And it's a, you've mm. got to be careful when you have that because like you say, and there's a lot of issues that a lot of United fans have is they still have fans that come over in a big stadium, was it 76,000, I think it holds all traffic at the moment. Mm. And there's a good amount of them who are just there for the occasion that don't really care about the result. They just want to come and see and say they've been to see Man United. And again, yeah. City, the bigger that stadium gets and the bigger that they, or the more successful they are, that's going to happen. And it's something you've got to accept as, if you are a City fan, that you are, the success comes at a cost and the cost is going to be you're not always going to be the side you or the club that you once knew. It's going to change. It's going to evolve. It's going to attract more people into it. And which ones you want, you know, you can't turn your back on it because that's still your club. And I think, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of more hatred towards City and their supporters in 10, 15 years' time because we see it now with Liverpool and United fans. Certainly, you know, social media is massive for it where there's people who've, you'll know what I'm talking about, Matt, um, fans that have supported lots of successful clubs. So the amount of support I supported Liverpool in the 80s or in the 90s or United in the 90s when they were doing Chelsea really well. The 2000s. And it's that sense of this team is good, they're winning, they should always be winning, we're entitled to win stuff. And because it will happen with City where it will dip for a few years or it will go below 
They might not even call for the Champions League for a few years. Eventually, at some point, it will happen. Who knows when, but it will. Um, and that's when you don't... And then there'll be City fans of a certain vintage going, we've had a great run, we might be back again soon, but hey, you know, more, you know, we've seen worse. But when you've seen... If you're a fan of a club that's only ever known them to finish in the top two, all of a sudden you're finishing third, fourth, fifth, that entitlement kicks in of, this isn't good enough, we should be in the top two. You know... Europa League isn't enough for us and that's when you're going to see that like you get with and I hate to say it you get it with some Liverpool fans now where they're saying oh what a shit season we came fifth are you kidding me you, you new realise that you're not no one's got a god given right to be in any level you know at any point and I think while City are good I don't think there's going to be that much of a problem but it's when they, they're not as good and yet there's going to be a generation of fans that have grown up only knowing a good Man City seeing them be just a bit off the pace, that's when I think we're going to see then that there's going to be more animosity towards Man City as a football club because then there's going to be a history there of success, like Liverpool, like United, like Arsenal. Those, for me, are the three clubs that I think are above and beyond anyone else in this country in terms of size, strat- the stratosphere of just being massive support. They are on a different level. Sorry, Chelsea fans. Um, but, you know, AFTV was built on that the idea that they should always be up at the top because they've known to be at the top. And I think we're going to see that potentially, not for a while, but 10, 15 years' time if City aren't at the very top, they're going to have those glory-hunting fans that with that sense of entitlement. And that's when we're going to see, oh, fucking eight-man City fans, you know, kind of thing then. Not right now, where they're being good. So, I think we'll go from... Um, we've covered quite a little bit there of Man City... We'll go from one European champion to another European champion if you want. We can talk a little bit about West Ham if you want, possibly. We can squeeze a little bit Absolutely. about West, West Ham. Ham. Just thought I'd, um, do it. I thought I'd segue. Right. It's usually your segue there, Jim, but I took your segue, sorry. So, so thoughts? Yeah. I can see the romance in that, Matt. I can see the romance. <laughs> I can see that. I mean, I, I, <laughs> hope the referring, I hope they're referring to Danny with an I, not Danny with N and Y, because that would be... It, well, did you see Danny Dyer? Yeah, did it. He was like, Berwin's on fire, and he's doing something to... He's, like, cu- he's, cuddle, he's cuddling me daughter or yeah, something. Yeah. He's cuddling me weird, daughter. Daddy. He's burning calories, that's what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, up, I think... It was a great way to win it. Ah, you know yeah. what, yeah. Very jealous, extremely jealous. I mean, oh, um, so jealous. Well, no, not, not, not jealous of City. Was jealous of West Ham. That shows my head. Was jealous of West Ham. You know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, genuinely. Yeah. I've got to admit, from a from an Everton point of view, and it was a weird sort of mix of fans on this on Twitter. Genuinely delighted with David Moyes, and you can say the way he left us, you know, United, whatever else. Yeah, yeah, okay, that happened. Fair enough. It was ultimately he also left. At, um, took a job off that he wasn't ready for. He's clearly found his level, which is sides in that kind of level. And I was to see him, you know, running down the sideline when the goal went in. It was a genuine thing of like, you know what? Yeah, because 2000, and, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jimmy, 2008, did we get knocked out by Fiorentina in the UEFA Cup? Seven, eight? Yeah, it's 2008. 2008. 2008. We should have won that. We should, that UEFA Cup, we should have won an absolute yeah. canter yeah. that season. Mm-hmm. Um, we were the best team in it by a mile, and that was his missed opportunity. That and the cup final in 2009, um, I think you could put us two maybe. Um, and to see him finally do it was, yeah, was great to see. And I'm, you know, West Ham fans again, I've got a lot of time for them. I think they were of a similar ilk. I think from a, I think everyone kind of goes, oh, you know, West Ham want the same as everything. 
kind of are in similar aspects at the moment, similar levels. Um, and you know what? It would have if for the ones that managed to get out there and get a ticket, that's a memory you hold on to for a bloody long time. What was that their first James trophy? Me. First trophy in thirty. 47 years. 40, 43 years. They deserve it. They absolutely deserve it. They, they really yeah. do. I mean, I, I would have had it in my brain that they would have won something in that time frame, but they obviously haven't. So they do. They deserve that. And it's, well, I mean, there's not a lot of history few, like, in... Playoffs, but... I think yeah. West Ham's a funny one. You've got, like, the 64 Cup winners. So the 64 FA Cup, I think. 65 Cup winners. Yes. Cup. 75 FA Cup. 80 FA Cup. And then this... So they've only won, I think, five or six major trophies. I think they shared the 64 Charity Shield as well. So I think five or six major trophies, because we're not counting the Instoto Cup, and we're not counting the World Cup. Sorry, West Ham fans. We're fucking not. So Not counting the World Cup? Shocking. No, no, oh, no, poor, poor no, Bobby Moore. don't, no. Well, uh, no. Anyway, West Ham did not win the World Cup. England did. Let's have it out there. Right. Uh, but they've only won, I think, five or six major trophies in their entire history, which really does show as big... A, and West Ham are a massive football club. I know it's the, the chance, I think they're massive. But for me, they're one of four clubs in London that are huge. You know, again, not I'll let you work out the others' fight in the comments. Um, but it shows just how little they've actually won of major trophies. That That was their first one in 43 years. I am genuinely made up for them. Uh, as much as I kind of want the Fiorentina to win, just because I think it's funny when English sides lose finals. Um, I couldn't not enjoy seeing Declan Rice dance with his nephew on the pitch. You know, and I couldn't not enjoy yeah, exactly. Jared Bowen singing his own song about doing his girlfriend. Um, and, and, and Moyes with his dad as well. Yeah, nice and David Moyes. Moyes' dad, lovely. yeah. That was nice. Was, was lovely. It was nice, that. You know, and you get the and feeling David that... David Moyes' dad dancing in the dressing room, that was a <laughs> oh. for me. Those hips. Those hips. Wow. Still got it, Easy. mate. Still got it. Snake yeah. hips. Absolutely. Game on strict. Some of us never started with it, but those yeah. of us that were blessed with it I think never lose what it. What you also see as well by West Ham winning it, where you start seeing the clubs that are in it. Who's in it next season? Is it... Uh, not Bryson, is it Villa? Villa next, season? next year. It is Villa. Villa. Villa and Emery. Yeah. Really take that deadly serious because it's 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 a competition Villa should look into should be looking to win. They're going to be a bloody strong side in that tournament next season. Mm-hmm. Um, albeit you know because I think clubs still drop from the Europa League, don't they, into the round of thirty-two? Is it? Which they is. can do from group stage. Yes. Yeah. There's all so kinds you might of see potentially you might see an, another English side join in further down. But if you're Villa, you've got to be thinking, especially Emery's record in European competitions. Mm-hmm. He's got to be. Looking to win that with the side they've got, I mean, and the side you, you'd say so. The only thing I can really see stopping them is if the Italian authorities like Juventus in, because that then is a different ball game. If you let Juventus, well, in, yeah, they came seventh with the points deduction in um, Italy. They did, yeah. But imagine, right? There's a point. Obviously, UEFA have started this Europa Conference League. Yeah, yeah, they've started this Europa Conference League tournament. I love it. I think it's brilliant. You know, it's great for clubs like West Ham, and it's shown the value of that tournament to those. Obviously, the lesser leagues, I think Europa League now is only available for the clubs in the top 16 ranked leagues. So it stops at like Denmark or something. So clubs in like Turkey, Norway, Sweden, Greece, big leagues, you know, that can't get in the Europa League, play Commons League, but you get some big sides in there. You know, you still get to give your Fanabaches away or your Panathinaikos and that. But as well, I think it shows, 
they underestimated how big this tournament's going to be as a third tier competition. The fact they held the first final in Tirana, where it's about 20,000. Prague was about 19,000. You know, you had Roma, Fiorentina, Feyenoord, West Ham. Imagine, I don't know where it is next season, if anyone wants to find that. Imagine if you've got Villa Juventus in the final next season. That could be, like, you could sell out Wembley with that. So, I think we need to really rethink how they host the finals of the Conference League, because I know it's meant to be a smaller tournament, but and it does does tie into as well the issues that, were, that West Ham had on the down the day with the pitch. And the, you know, fans, I should say, being that close to the pitch and that. That should never have happened. Uh, it's with the cup being team. held at the, is it Agia Sophia Stadium in Athens? In Athens. About 30,000, quite a new stadium, AK Athens home ground. Really nice stadium. Yeah, it's a gorgeous new stadium. Um, bit bigger than the previous finals have been in. But still, 30,000 seat stadium for, say, for example, if it's Aston Villa against Juventus is not going to be enough. Um, no. No. But it doesn't excuse what happened as well. We can't talk about West Ham winning the game without talking about the unsavoury scenes with Baragi and the plastic and the well, I think the plastic oh, yeah. left on the pitch. I forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah, awful, really. It's, I mean, it was soon forgotten about, obviously, but you can't really forget stuff like that, can you? Because there were a lot of bloody, a lot of blood weren't they knocking around there? But um, that's all it takes for you know. It could have been a lot worse, couldn't it? it? Could have took somebody's eye out. Anything really. I mean, I know it sounds a bit drastic, that, but it could have done. And then who gets a ban from Europe there or or something? Do you know? Yeah, I've always been a firm believer in this. That, for instance, if well, obviously there the, the was trouble there the other night. That to me is no real responsibility of West Ham, and I don't think as a football club it should reflect on on the club as a as a you know an operating business as a as a team and every it pains me to say it but every single club up and down the country worldwide everyone every single club has their idiots of course they do and obviously it's up to the authorities to manage those individuals and to make it safe for everyone else including the players the you know the management team anyone else working in the stadium and obviously the the other fans as well so i think the level of security and and kind of procedures that are in place, there's always you know there's always going to be things to throw, isn't there? You know, if someone's really that insistent, they're going to break a chair, they're going to do whatever, and they're going to throw it. Of course they are, but in terms of you know reflecting that back on West Ham, we know that they've had the difficulties in the past with fans, as have a, a lot of clubs. Um, but I, I don't think that should kind of taint away from, from what they've achieved and, and what the players have, have kind of done. I think that's very much then down to the authorities, obviously for West Ham to act on it and, you know, um, you know, present fans with lifelong bans, support the authorities and investigations and things like that. But I think it's it's important to kind of almost treat those idiots as a as a complete minority. Um but yeah, not not a nice incident. And to be fair, it seems to be happening a little bit more often than, than maybe it was a few years ago. Um, well, I mean, you've got that yeah. and the rise of the pitch invasion situations going on as well. I mean, it's a tough one because, like you say, every every club's got its knobheads. I mean, Everson's got quite a few of them. But ultimately, apart from... <laughs> that's true. But ultimately, apart from finding each individual person and doing something separate with them, you've got to... F- to find a way to stop it and the way to stop it is to put it back on the club it sounds harsh but it's the best way that you're going to get results 
of people stopping that kind of stuff if they realise that their actions off the pitch will affect the players on the pitch. Um, and you'll be yeah, outcast I mean, pretty quickly. One, if one similar right. one to that, Matt. Um, in terms of, I'm absolutely, you know, disgusting um, thing to see on social media. The um, oh, let me cast my mind back. The United fan. I won't repeat what was oh, on, the, on the on the shirt. shirt. Yeah, that Not kind of thing. Same. Okay, absolutely ridiculous. Now, you know, bloody awful. Both both sides there. I think it's fair to say are guilty of taking advantage of other clubs' misfortune, shall we say. Apologies for the, the dog noises in the background, really not appropriate at a moment like this. But So both both sides, Liverpool and United, and other teams worldwide, okay, they're all guilty of it. And I was, I was having this conversation uh, with, with my dad, who obviously is a Tranmere fan, but also a, a massive Liverpool fan, um, the other day. And he made a very valid point. If, for instance, Liverpool play United next year, okay, the second that any of that chant is reported, the game's called. So the game is called, if the United fans have started the chanting, the game's called, three points of order to Liverpool, and vice versa the other way around. If Liverpool start the chanting with you know Munich and X, Y, and Z, game's called, United are awarded the points. It would only ha- have to happen once or twice for even the idiots to get the message. And that you know the, the majority of fans don't stand for it anyway. Of course they don't. But the idiots would be stamped out of the game. Um, or certainly their actions would be stamped out of the game. Um, and I think, yeah, it's it, it's sickening that things like that still happen. Um, and I, I think it's it's maybe a mindless comment for those people who just say, oh, well, you know, it's always been part of the game. It will always be there. Of course, there's always going to be rivalries and, you know, people comparing different parts of the country. But there's things that are well over the line. Um, going back to something maybe not quite as serious as well. And then I promise I'll shut up. Um mentioned pitch invasions a couple of minutes ago. Now, if we go back 12, 18 months ago, all of the pitch invasions, I'm pretty sure it was this stage of the, the, the season with all of the playoffs and thinking back to Port Vale, etc., etc., players being assaulted and so on. And it kind of, to me, seemed to be a bit of a snowball kind of action that it happened at one club. The following night, there was a pitch invasion. Another player was assaulted, this, that, and the other. And it was kind of a knock-on, you know, sheep behaviour, really. One club does it or one idiot sees it. And that's their opportunity to get three minutes in the limelight of you know national media. You look at this year, there were pitch invasions up and down the country. Everton, obviously, pitch invasion uh, staying up. Um, pitch Crap invasions, pitch invasions the promotions. <laughs> they all got booed yeah, off. Yeah, and, and you, know, you, you could go into that, couldn't you, where it was that initial relief. And then I think a lot of people who went on realised, actually, this isn't something to, in adverted commas, celebrate. You know, it was a, more of a relief. But I think what my point is, is that this year, the... In, I, I could be really wrong here and maybe being completely um, blind to, to news and stuff that I've missed, but there didn't seem to be any issues or problems from the invasions that happened. I don't, I didn't hear of any player being hurt or any, you're, you know, you're always going to get, you know, Northampton game promotion at Prenton Park there the other week. And the first thing that two of their fa- fans, adverted commas, again did is they ran to the top and started goading the Tranmere fans. Now, to me, if you just won promotion away from home, you want to go and hug the players, see your family, you know, get a selfie if you're that way inclined and want to post it all over social media and enjoy the rest of your day, you know. Um, so you're always going to get idiots. But I think my point being that I don't, for me, if it's managed properly and there are no issues, I don't think pitch invasions in games like that, I'm not talking about, you know, someone stored a goal away on box and they let's invade the pitch. That's ridiculous. End the season or games where there's a promotion or staying up on the line, once the game is finished, 
once people are safe, I don't see the issue in it if it's handled in such a way, if authorities are there, if there's an action plan <laughs> and stuff in place. Therein lies your but, issues that because of instances that exactly. have been where um, we've had examples of players getting attacked or harassed or whatever else, ultimately, the, no matter which yeah, way you exactly. put it, the pitch is not for the fans. The pitch is for the players. And I think yeah, it's a tough one because you see some moments where we've got pitch invasions. I think about... Um, was it Watford, Leicester, the Troy Deeney goal, those kind of moments, or you know, other ones, City winning the league after the growing moments, which have all been amazing moments. And I think it's, that's what's odd, is that I can't think of many pitch invasion moments where, in times of euphoria, I should say, not like when Argentinian fans go fucking mental and start, you know, trying to, that's hilarious as it is, it's scary as it is at the same time. But in times of euphoria, I can't think of many ones up until recently where there's been any problems and it's been again and this is a outside football situation it seems to be this post-covid thing where people have just genuinely forgotten how to act appropriately for any situation and it's spilling into different elements of life and football unfortunately is always going to get that um you know football is a, is a pretty good aspect of so what showing what a social aspect a, a breakdown of what life is um and unfortunately for for you know if i take Everson against Palace uh, a couple of uh, season before last, I should say now, you know, for 99% of the people that invaded that pitch, it was done with a moment of sheer relief, sheer euphoria, and done in the right way possible. Unfortunately, as is always the way, the 1% ruins it for everyone by, you know, jumping on Patrick Vieira. I mean, Patrick Vieira? Who takes on Patrick Vieira? Fucking idiots. Guys about six foot six and beat the living piss out of you. Um, but it's those situations that are the, that's the problem because. And they're just they're creeping in, and that's the problem. Then they clearly want to make a stop to the Premier League, have said, and you know, FA, etc., are, are trying to get this authority on it. The issue, the other side of it is, if a thousand people run on a pitch, no matter how many stewards you've got, you can't tackle each and every one of them. And also, you can probably guarantee that if someone was tackled a bit too hard, they claim GBH or claim something else, and it then goes back on the club. So I can see exactly yeah, why the clubs are standing down. Law, it's, isn't it? it's, I think maybe the the happy medium of it would be, um, and again, it comes back to you know people respecting the the rules and kind of standing in line and waiting the turn. That let's say, for instance, you know, there's a promotion or a, a you know a, um, a playoff win, like the Chef Wed the other the other week. Obviously, they're fantastic comeback, um, and that there's kind of something already in place whereby you know there's a, a five minute rule or something after the final whistle whereby the players can do the lap of honour or do whatever, and then. You know, once the players are cleared off the pitch, but again, that comes down to policing, stewarding, etc. And actually, is it feasible? Probably wouldn't work. But then you've kind of got the best of both worlds, haven't you? But again, it comes down to people having that little bit of control and and respect and a little bit of common sense. Which, as you say, post COVID, a lot of people, not all, but a lot of people in society seem to have completely forgotten what that is. Uh, but I think that may be a story for another night. I mean, I I've invented the pitch at Rochdale. It's all right. Fucking ultra Greg, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I've I've invaded pitch loads of times at Rochdale, but with Greg's just lost. Yeah, job. it doesn't count, Greg. Also, it yeah. doesn't count if you strip naked and go on by yourself. Oh. That's not a pitch invasion. Pitch invasion. Yeah. It was when I, 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 I put it in the group chat. I put it in the group chat when when Joe Thompson scored that goal against Charleston to keep us up, and he shouldn't have been anywhere near the pitch apparently because he just cancer survivor twice. And then he scored the winner to keep Rochdale up. That's that's irrelevant, really, the football side of it. But I think everyone was so happy for him that the, the emotions took over for us 
and the final whistle blew and we all just ran do you know like wow but that's with it good intent but, that, but that's, that's going the, away that's with exactly. good intentions that at no point where you were anyone looking to attack one of the chart yeah. players yeah, yeah, or yeah. go to them in a way that's going to yeah. cause aggro. That's sort of been the issue. I mean, what was one of the few seasons ago? Was it Billy Sharp? Got headbutted. Oh, yeah, it did, yeah. Yeah. Billy Sharp? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's but those kind of situations where you're like... But you can't like, always what? bank on people behaving well, anyway. Thing. You know, so this I can see, I can see I, it. Yeah. I can see your point of view that, yeah, in that situation, it's just such a sheer moment of euphoria. It's an amazing moment to, to do. And I don't think anyone in their right mind. Exactly. I don't think anyone in their right mind would ever run onto that pitch with the intent to uh, attack or harm or go. Exactly. But unfortunately, the issue is, again, is that there's a few sort of people. And it's going to happen. I don't think it's happened as much as, I hate to say it's great, but in the lower leagues as such. No, I can see. Especially with, you know, if you take 40,000 people or, okay, 10,000 to run onto the pitch. You're going to have some knobheads in there who move in the pub before the game or whatever else are just going to get swept away in that moment and do something that is just stupid. And it's a tough one for clubs because, you know, um, Everton had their issues with it. Then we got charged by the FA. We weren't the only one. City, I think, were in that list. Um, there's a few other teams, I forget who, you know, around the Football League that have been charged by it. And it's a big issue they've got because ultimately player welfare, uh, wafer? <laughs> player welfare even, has to be top of that list. Um, and there's a whole other podcast, and I'm sure we'll cover this at some point. We got you know the off season to cover this, as, as I'll coin an, an American phrase. Um, unconscious, we're running you know pretty long on time. Um, but yeah, do it in the right way. Just do it in a way that you're celebrating that moment. Don't do it in a way that you're celebrating it, but you have to then put it back onto someone else to go to over them. That's not what sport is about. Sport is about celebrating your moments and letting whoever you might have beaten have their moment to look back or to, you know, to react to the moment either way, but it's, it's awful. It is tough. And I think even it's a, it's about, it is about respect ultimately. And I think that you'll know, and, and Greg certainly you'll have seen as well. Um, it, even during games, your team scores. Sometimes you'll get one idiot thinks it's funny with a phone to run on the pitch and go with the opposition keeper or like just run on like, way, look at me, I'm on the pitch the team scored or if a, if a player celebrates come up to those the fans the fans then think that's license to I'm going to join that set of players on the pitch to celebrate with them and it's like no you're not part of the team um, and I think that sort of if it starts out there and it kind of snowballs to kind of hey well this idiot can do it so I'm the idiot and I'm going to follow them and then I, there just seems to be less respect for the boundary between between pitch and stands these days um, you know it's quite telling that when Eric Dyer got done for jumping into the stands um, to, to to go near a fan because he said something offensive about his brother, if I remember rightly. That was all over the news. And yet, you know, fans can run on the pitch and cross that line and just be... It's it's not... It needs to be made more of than it, than it is. I, I personally just... I mean, okay, I agree in a situation like yours, Greg, where you're celebrating a man's recovery from cancer, you're celebrating staying up. That's an entirely, you know different set of circumstances to angry and knob and like run on the pitch and attack an opponent player so yeah it's 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 crazy really what we do about it but I think something needs to be done definitely because it is becoming unsafe for players and for other supporters as well I 
Right. Um, I think Dex got. Speaking yep. of. Ru- yeah, sorry. Speaking of running onto things, Jimmy, uh, I'm going to run off. Um, I've got a, a bigger way day tomorrow. Week, by the way. <laughs> running on I mean, things. there's segways. That was more of a micro scooter, wasn't it? <laughs> micro With one wheel. And I locked I was on thought he's not in, in like, meetings at work. So guys, speaking of running onto things, I'm going to run off. I'm running off. Uh, yeah, bigger way day tomorrow to uh, to the big smoke. I've got 60 um, children from very work careful going this, down to London say. for three days. Yes, no. Uh, I've stolen yes, I was very careful children. Two, yeah, I've stolen. Um, it's like the whole Isn't massive I've party scenario again. I've stolen the school is, is bus. This, is this um, the permissive school of rock? I'm going to tell you what's going on here. Are you Joey Finn? Is this School of Rock, is isn't it? Yeah, surely. The one. Are you Jack Black, School of Rock? School of Rock. Are you going to uh, play Battle of Bands? So, uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Karaoke the whole way down. Just get your ukulele down. Um, DVD is going to be the, the Trammy Rovers highlight reel from this year, so that'll oh. send them asleep before we don't that'll, that'll take about two minutes, won't um, Yeah, 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 exactly. They'll be asleep before we uh, we hit the motorway. So. But yeah, so um, I'm going to slope off. For our lovely listeners, it's uh, it's knocking on past half nine and I've got a very early alarm in the morning. So um, I'm going to love you and leave you, but I'll be uh, I'll be back on next week or whenever we're, we're recording, gents. And as always, an absolute pleasure. Bye, Dad. Uh, remember, everyone, it is only a game. Yeah. Bye for now. Cheers, Dad. So, you soon, mate. That was another poor segue, man. You can edit that one out. <laughs> Bye for now. Keep my keeping it. You never know. Just add it all. Let me no, add it. No, no. That's yeah. Just yeah. just let it run. Right, take Cheers, it easy. Deck. See you soon, bud. Right. See you soon, Deck. Bye. Bye. So speaking of running onto things, yes. um, I have no idea what that link is. Um, just like the fact he said it. Well, we we started with West Ham and we got onto pitch invasion. We got into pitch invasion. All right. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty much I mean, that's, that's, that's fairly that's there, fairly accurate. Yeah. 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 We've, we've, yeah. yeah. I told you if you if you want the if you want the best insight, insight and in-depth analysis, don't come here because we just go yeah, off on tangents, right? No, right. You well, know what you're yeah, getting by now. It's been, it's, been, yeah. it's been like two years. You know you know what you're in for now. Yeah. Quick one on um, for for Joe's sake. Brighton did well. Got into Europe. That will well. be... Um, did very well, didn't they? Do you think? Um, how do you think could they do anything next next season? Is that what 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 would what would you put them as or Europe? Yeah. What's possible? Do you think? Um, same again? Hopefully. Same again. My my concern would be maybe they might get found out a little bit as people might know more about the Zerbi. Um, mm. Whether they can replace McAllister with enough quality. Um, I know they've signed Joe Pedro up front from Watford, who is a good good player. Um, I like the look of him. And I'm sure Brighton will be able to recruit and you know, because they're probably going to lose Caicedo as well. Yeah, I, I love so many reasons to be optimistic at Brighton and Hove Albion at the moment, not least because they're going on the first ever European tour. Again, not at all jealous, but in fairness, no, they've absolutely deserved it. And I, I do think, I don't think they'll make Champions League, but again, trust next season, I'll hear you heard it here first, Luton and Brighton to be in the top four next year after I've basically written them both off. But I don't see why they can't go again and challenge the top half and, and certainly go a decent go a decent run in Europe and even win one of the cups. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Um we think about that is they're gonna well the, they've already lost McAllister like you say might lose Casado. You get the feeling again that they've got someone lined up already. I mean they're, they're signing um or oh, who is it from I wanna say from Dortmund is it I don't know how you pronounce it, is it Dahu? Dahou? Jimmy will know. Mohammed Dahoud, I think it is. Dahoud. Yeah. Yeah. I've got him lined up ready. And 
he's been on the fringes of Dortmund last couple of years, but he was a cracking player there at the start. I think he was at Munch and Gladbach before then. He was a good young player then. Mm. And they've got, uh, I think, James Milner as well, over the free, haven't they? Which is a... Is that, Has he actually got Milner? Is that confirmed? I think so. I don't know if it's confirmed. It was it was all bought from Mangala. Or a plus way with when you see Fabrizio Romano's tweet, here we go about it, you know, it's pretty much sorted. That's what I that's what I go off these days with Twitter. If he tweets if he tweets, here we go. <laughs> sorted. It's, it's... Um But yeah, I mean you know, like I say it's it's whatever the knock on effect of Euro playing Thursday Sunday will will come back to bite them, especially in that sort of winter months. Um but you know, enjoy your in in the Europa League, I definitely would. Um like I say, jealousy is rife at the moment with the, with the issues going on at our club which we will cover at some point maybe me and Jimmy do one ourselves and just sit there and laugh at the whole situation hmm. for an hour and a half at some point in the next few weeks when it's all sort of properly crossed T's Same. and dotted I's about what's been going on um, but yeah delight, delight for them you know really well run same for Brentford as well had a good season um, Phil that we mentioned earlier um, obviously got themselves into seventh um, the intriguing one is going to see it's uh, going to Going to be what's going to happen to like the Spurs in the summer, with obviously bringing in. Um, I'm horrendous at announcing his surname. Is it? I'm not going to try. Go on, James, you announce it because you can tell me. Postacoglu. Postacoglu. There you go. Who seems sound? Postacoglu. Just call him Big. Seems Big Ange. Big Ange. Big Ange. Who seems? Angelos. Yeah, a, a, a good, a good, uh, a good fit for them um, at Spurs. Whether that you know. Again, there are issues what they're going to do with Harry Kane, etc. Whether he goes, he gets moved on. Who knows? Um, yeah, but we're in for an interesting summer. Um, in terms of transfers, there's a few players that are out of contract and, and looking at moves. Um, you then got the, this cruel world not allowing Lula Messi to be managed by Phil Neville. But, you know, we move on. We're intrigued to see what he's going to do over there. There's a good chance he's going to be the first player playing in the MLS to win the Ballon d'Or, which is interesting as well. Um, I mean, he's bottom, the bottom of the league, but he could, he's also three games away, from, or two games away from winning a cup, because they're in the MLS, they're in the US Open they? Cup semis, I think. There you go. What is the US, I think they're in the, in the semis of the US Open Cup, which is like the cup for all the clubs across all the divisions in America. Yeah, yeah. But I think they're also bottom of the Eastern Conference, so, yeah, bad one. That's why Fizzer was sacked. Poor Fizzer. That's why that's why I put something out of the of it on Twitter or on the group chat. Would it be great if Messi every six months just signed for a new club, bottom league, and tried to bail them out? I think that's a great table. idea. I think that should be allowed. Just becoming like just, that should be a Sam Allardyce players. Great, going to sign for like I don't know, Brilliant. say Luton next year or I don't know. Bottom we, should do that, we should do that every season. You should allocate a player at the start of every season, so whether it be Haaland or some, something of that ilk. Who is we kind of go right August? Right, you're the player. So when it comes to 19 games into a season. Whoever is bottom, you have to join them for the last half half of the season. I think it's a designated idea. player. I think it's a great idea. Great idea, isn't it? Yeah, across all the leagues. I'd be happy. Yeah, yeah I'd be happy with that. If yeah, you're, but, um... yeah, but the problem is, like, what if you know, what if you know, you're like you have the designated whatever you call it the the allocated player? If you just had a random selection, and it was like I don't know, Eldon Yakupovic or something like the second backup goalkeeper at someone, and it's like right, you've now well, got to go and sign yeah. for. Brentford. Oh well, that's bugger all in it. That's boring. But yeah, well, um, no, it, it needs to be finessing because you'd have to have it as someone. It'd have to be criteria for it, I think. Ooh, where's your that then? Yeah, going to have to be someone that? from. I think it'd have to be whoever gets into the. Because don't we do a team of the season Premier League? 
I'm pretty sure they do. Yes, actual team of the season. It would have to be just someone what, from that team just, of the season. Just, just worth the player of the year. So whoever gets like Premier League player or PFA player, player of the year. There you go. Say, you won't play the year, but how do you feel next season? You've got to sign for like Sheffield United in Brilliant. January. It's like, oh. all right. Because it would cool. really, it would show the really like top quality players if they went there and actually performed and did well. That's brilliant idea. There's definitely somewhere in there. There's a a football manager video that I'm not going to make because I've got the time or effort to do it. But I, if anyone listens to us that plays it or knows someone who does videos on it, that is an idea that whoever wins the player of the year previously in January has to join it's, bottom of the league. It's basically a draft system, but really, really yeah, shit. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um, I just like the idea of Lionel Messi just hopping around different leagues the last few years of his career, just bailing out teams for six months. Because you can do it in the winter transfer window with like winter clubs and then move to a summer league like, you know, the MLS or Got Norway, it. Sweden. Uh, hey, bottom of the, goes to UCD, bottom of the Irish league and tries to bail them out. That'd be amazing. Sal, who you wouldn't want to see him tell you could do a Netflix yeah. documentary on it and follow him around. Oh, yeah. So it's right yeah. itself. Right, Lionel, we'll, we'll email you. Yeah. <laughs> on um, Messi, the, relega- the relegation rescuer. Yeah. There you go. Right yeah. Whilst we're on about people on the move, do you think Harry Kane will stay at Tottenham or do you think he'll move on? There's Real Madrid talk on the Sky Sports News anyway, I don't know. What would Where you do? Go? United? I don't know. Or abroad? I I I don't I don't know. I would like to see him for his own sake go somewhere where he's in on club trophies. Not since Spurs won't this season. Because and who am I to criticise a team not winning trophies? Um but I think as well it's a funny one, I think he might stay purely because he's got four kids, he's got a family obviously the family, he's obviously settled, he he's why not stay, be a Spurs legend, try and get the Premier League goals run record and be remembered for that. Um I think he's what thirty he's and if you win a league cup or an FA Cup or a European trophy or something next couple of years or you know, whatever been great, but I, you know, for a player of his quality, I mean, when you look at Alan Shearer, okay, he won the league at Blackburn, which was obviously phenomenal, so that, that's already. But when he went to Newcastle, it was his boy of club, he didn't win a bean. Um, does he regret maybe going to Newcastle ahead at Man United? Absolutely not. He got the Premier League goal scoring record, he wasn't binned off after a few years, like he may have been at, at Man United, and he's a legend in his home city, and I think. Now, I think a couple of years ago, all the issues Kane had when he's on the golf course with Gary Neville and talking about going to City, that was the time. But City have gone and got Holland. Mm. Kane's a few years older. That time has gone. The only thing I can see is there's a bit of a vacancy at Real Madrid at the moment with Benzema going off to Saudi Arabia, which is, again, we'll go on to Saudi Arabia at some point in a future podcast. So that's a whole different conversation. Situation. Will, will, I mean, it is, it is and it isn't. Um, there's the, well, it's mad there's in my terms of the, the people they're buying, but yeah. Fits. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's, there. my, there's, there's my thoughts on the whole situation, but we'll keep that to a different side. It's not a political thing. It's just we've seen it before. Um, but I think that's a bit of a gap that he could fill, or the gap that Bayern Munich he could fill. He's got a year left in his contract. It wouldn't surprise me if Bayern Munich in a year's time offered him a deal that you know come and play for us for a few years. But again, when you've got four kids, you know, are you going to want to uproot your family abroad all of a sudden? You know, just like any one of us. Would we would Never we want to do that? You know, so that's the thing. He's you know, it's a bit different going to Manchester or going to Madrid or Munich. But as good as he'd be at United, would United now know we can go for someone younger? 
that can, you know, it's maybe try and it's a lot of money for someone they yeah. might get three, four yeah. seasons out of work. Yeah. They can spend the There's, same, you know, if not less, money yeah. and get ten years out of someone. Yeah, you've got Victor Osman there. Be a good long-term solution to United striking problems. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure I saw him particularly. I think Napoli are brilliant, <laughs> but there's enough players. You know, there's enough players around the world that you can go for that'd be cheaper, that'd be maybe not cheaper, but certainly younger. That you can get more time out of, and it's a bit like I said about City earlier. Yes, City spent big, but they've got the use and longevity out of those players. What you don't want, and what clubs have been guilty of, is buying for the here and now, buying a player with two, three years in them. And realizing their valuation and their productivity drops off after a couple of years. Yeah, which is a risk with him. It's a risk with him. I think he can still score goals well into being 34, 35 at Lewandowski. But mm. you just not, don't yeah, know. Because he's not particularly. His player, his type of player isn't. He's not. Never been the quickest. But what he's got is his instinct that he's placed oh, and just being in the right place at the right time. Doesn't go got it all with age. He's sharpness might to a certain extent, but he, he doesn't seem like he's he's slowing down about his threats. So yeah, I, I, United will be the obvious. If he had to go, United is the obvious place for him to go to. But well, I do, United's I do the one think place they'll say. Go to. I do think they'll say thanks, but no thanks. The time to come should have been three years ago, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, but I think two happened. three years ago was the time for, for Kane for him. Sadly, but at the same time, he's is he already England's record goal scorer? I think he is. Yes, he's certainly uh, up there. Yes. He um, he's got that. He's Spurs' record goal scorer, surely. Although Jimmy Greaves, I know, is is not far behind, or well, wasn't far behind. Um, and I know it's not about individual records, but for him, I just think at this stage, he's kind of thinking, "Look, I've got my life here now." Because we've got to remember, these are human beings. At the end of the day, they're not just commodities that will go off. You know, some will, but you know, he's got a life outside of football as well as is you know. And he's, he's getting paid more than enough at Tottenham. It's just the only thing yeah. that's missing is a couple of trophies, really. And, well, I, I thought he would have been uh, Champions League. Missing out on Champions League might have been the kicker for him. But um, who knows? Like, How old is he? He's, I don't think he's 30 yet, is he? He's 30, 31, is he? Let's have a look. Near, I think oh, yeah, he's 20, 29, nearly 30. He, the thing is, it's weird because he's been around for feels like forever. Yeah. Hmm. So what, it's a one season wonder. No, 29, yeah. Oh, he's 29. Well, 30 next Amazing. month, I'll okay. call it 30. Okay. Okay. Season 30, yeah. Christ. Crikey. I thought you were older You're than that. Than me. Jesus. Dude, it's a scary concept. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's enough players wow. that are younger than me and certainly more younger than Greg, so... Uh, yeah. I think it's time to get up and dream, lads. Uh, I'm 35. On that sad note, should we... Uh... Should be on the podcast now, lads. Yeah, yeah. Not we're never yeah. going to make it as footballers. We're, we're all getting old as fuck. Um, yeah. Like I say, I've quiz? had a conversation today yeah. about. Ah, uh, I mean, if you want to, like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm remember where to sh- and where too old and shit to play it. No, um, but <laughs> are you sure you are you sure you want to have a quiz? Because it is going to be a, well. Yes. Are you, you know, you know, what my quizzes are like. This isn't the same as the bot's name. It's not the Jermaine Easter one, is it? If it's like that, you no, it's probably that. worse. It's probably worse. I'll, I'll have it. I'm fine. I'll, I'll have I it. You would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bear in mind, we've, ju- we've just two spoken about trying to... <laughs> ten to ten. Uh, we've, just spoken, we've just spoken about getting oh. the player of the season to play for a relegated team for six months at a time. We're, we're at the point of tiredness, so I mean... But, okay, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll shorten the quiz a little bit. Okay. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. That'd be all right with everyone. Right, yeah. okay. Genuinely yawning, that's how bad this is. <laughs> right. 
There are eight answers to get. Okay. Christ. Eight. Okay. Death now, row. as you know, Everton survived relegation. Okay. Leicester leads Southampton like went it. down. We, we, it didn't. Oh, it didn't. Right. I wish I could. So those are the feel that surviving. <laughs> Well, just just to rub it in, Greg. Now you're going to get a bit of um, <laughs> yeah. a little bit of PTSD here. You know yeah, how probably. I love my European. You know how I love my European football, guys. Right. So there are eight teams that went down from the Spanish, Italian, and German divisions this season. Oh, I've got no chance. Bollocks. Three from Italy, no three from Spain, two from Germany. Not a fucking clue. The extended clue. The extended clue. The extended quiz was to have four French teams in there, but I thought I wouldn't do that to you as well. So, Oof, not a chance. You, 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 no, exactly. So Spanish, Italian, and German, did you say? German. Yeah. Three three Spanish, three Italian, two German. You'll know, you'll know the German sides, definitely. Well, I'll, I'll know all of them. I couldn't say, but I, I can name you most of the Bundesliga squads. I couldn't tell you which ones went down. I only know Bayern won the league because Bayern won because the, they always win the league, and then Dortmund fucked up last game of the season. Yeah. That's true. Um, I've got a bloody glue. Um, Mainz. I think... Um, no. Sorry, on. How sure. far off am I with Mainz? Where, where do they finish? Mainz mid-table somewhere. Oh, yeah, no chance. Of... I vaguely... Uh, go on, Greg, you were going to say something. I vaguely remember you saying something about all the big German teams in the two Bundesliga. And I think Hoffenheim was one. Hoffenheim stayed up somehow. Oh, right, okay. No, they did and, they're, and they're not that. And they're not. They're not that big a team. Hoffenheim, to be fair, if you speak to a German, they'll be like, "What?" Hoffenheim's a bit like, the, like, like I don't know how to describe them. Like a Bournemouth, Rotherham. I'm trying to think of. Um, oh, this is tough. Um, you said you wanted the quiz. I said I'd wait. I did, but I, I didn't, didn't want the quiz. No, the I quiz. opened up. It was me. I'm um, logging off. Uh, right, I won't. Okay. Schalke. Right, this the, is okay. Too, I think this is too Matt, Matt, you've got one. Schalke went down. Schalke won. Schalke. Oh, there you go. Wow. We'll call that win. 1-0 right. to Matt. Greg, let's, let's okay, we're leaving this up, Greg. Best of three. Best of three, yeah. and then I think... Because we're not going to yeah, get eight. I'll leave this up. <laughs> Greg, I'll leave this up for you. The other team that went down in Germany, you and I went to watch. Fucking hell. Hertha Berlin, Really? Yeah, went down bottom. They were shite. So Schalke and Hertha oh, Berlin told a lot of big teams stadium. in the German second division next season. Oh, it's unbelievable! Great, great right now, okay. Um, I'll, we'll we'll go the Spanish ones because okay, you might have heard of one of them. We'll well the Italian ones. Well, I'll truncate it. There's one Italian side that went down this year. Very big club. Um, I'll try and name some ex-players of theirs. Viali, I think, oh, plays for them. Mancini. Oh. Um... Um, Sampdoria, Sampdoria, uh, Sampdoria, yeah, Sampdoria, who have just been bought. Wow, okay, who have just been bought up by Andrea Rossellini, the Leeds. I love owner. the crest. So yeah, boss it's logo. The man's moving the pipe. It's just it's a, it's a it's a face of a fisherman apparently, with a pipe. It is. Sorry. Anyway, great badge. Um, so to round up the answers, guys, you already got Schalke and Hertha Berlin from Germany. Brilliant. Uh, the three that went down from Italy were Spezia, who lost in a relegation playoff with Elas Verona. Weirdly, Serie A decided to introduce, if two teams finish on the same amount of points this year, we're going to have a playoff. 
in a random stadium. So Spezia played Alas Verona last weekend, lost 3-1 and were sent down. I think despite them having a better head-to-head record or a better goal difference, one or the other. Uh, Sampdoria, Cremonese, who wear a grey and red striped kit where Viali started out, and Sampdoria. Uh-huh. And then the three from Spain were via the lead, owned by Ronaldo. The old oh, yeah. Ronaldo. Uh, yeah. Espanyol, who I can't oh, believe really? they went down. They? Yeah, Espanyol. And Elche, who I'm guessing you would not have got. Um, no. So, yeah, there you go. So, I'd, I'd say wow. I, I was kind to you with that one. I gave you a chance with some of yeah. the better-known clubs. Better I was thinking you might have got Espanyol. What? It's better than the, the Jermaine Easter quiz. Or um, the all-time the all time, the all time second division table. Or what was the one I did with the lads last time? The, the Wabapod yeah. lads... What that was now, that was awful as well. But hey ho. Um, well, yeah, I tried. It didn't work. I'll go back to the drawing board with my quizzes. I need all three no, to no. do a quiz at some point because I've, I've got a great quiz idea. But we'll, do pre-season. Pre-season. we'll do it pre season. We'll do it pre season. It's technically pre season now, isn't it? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sorry guys, that's just start on Friday. That's me for seven weeks out of the picture. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Matt. Oh, he's, not, he's not a... Oh, yeah, he's Hello. Sorry. Yeah, quick one. Um, Graham Sharp, gone. Everton. Somebody oh, was... uh, we'll, we'll, we'll next touch time. that on the board thing. Right. Oh, okay. okay, let's That's go next week. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's all about that one next week. Right. Because they will be out. We'll, I need to read we'll that statement it. at least three times to fully understand it. Right. Okay. We'll do an Everton board yeah. thing at some point because that's a lot to delve into. Um, you could and get yeah. We also need to be careful of what we can and can't say, admittedly, as well. Um, yeah, we do. I'm sure we'll be all right. Yours, but... yeah, based on true. Did you say allegedly? Can you saw it? Yeah, true. In accordance to reports from yeah, Baron, yeah, it's a good idea. Go. Anyway, talks what we do. Right then. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're still with us, how? Fair play. Um, <laughs> yeah, you have won the season. Um, so today we've learned all about City win the treble. West Ham with European competitions. We've gone on pitch invasions. We have seen even who's been relegated from various leagues across Europe and all the other waffle in between. So whether your team's had a good season, a bad season, indifferent, whether you're looking forward to it next year or not, just remember, what is it, lads? It's only a game. It's only a game. It's only a game. It's only a bloody game. What? He's had a few ciders. Jesus. Um, yeah, it's only a game. There's more important things in the world. Like the Ashes, starting off Friday. Oh, Come on, England. God. Uh, yeah, <laughs> if you're into that sort of cricket stuff, then great. I'm not. Fair enough. Um, each their own. Each their own. I just can't believe more countries aren't allowed to qualify for the Ashes. I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> Should be a qualifying tournament. Boss. All right, rugby league boy. Yeah, I love rugby league's boss. Don't don't start rugby league's boss, mate. <laughs> Shite. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I'm not our listeners. 
I just I might be paying it you've, quite you've, you've angered, you, you, you've angered oh, the no, entire M sixty two then opened up the <laughs> oh, the yeah. rugby league lot on Twitter. Half, half of Yorkshire's fume with you. I know I live I live near about three of the uh the yep. clubs as well. But yeah. Know, yeah, yeah, you're not you're not gonna allow near Yorkshire again, Matt. Right. That's it now That's you've it. done it. Screwed. Nah, rugby league's boss. Anyway, better than toy rugby. Anyway, so right. That's true. Thank you for listening. Send me again, lads. Please, we are, part of the, we are part of the Sports Social Network. Please download. Do not just stream. Download. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you very much. Bye now. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening, folks. Take care.